here's the cruelest of ironies. They would run the black ranchers off and then sell it to the white folk. They'll just take it to the uh, county auction and sell it to some white folk, white Latinos or other. They'll just sell, they'll run the black folk off and then sell it to the white folk and say, okay, see, this is militarized gentrification. You slipped through the cracks. Militarized gentrification. You done messed around and slipped through the cracks. We're going to see if we can bust that up. Oh, we can't remove you because you can actually afford to be here? Now we're going to militarize. And there's a point I want to make about this to all the Jason for reparation, what we need, and they need to give it to us in the form of land, Jason. See, give us reparations in the form of land. This is what happens if you restrict reparations to the form of land. This is why reparations must be in cash so that we can purchase the land and then also purchase the means to develop it and finally purchase the means to physically protect ourselves after we have purchased the land. We have to have the ability, if you wish to buy land, you must have the ability to buy the land, you must have the ability to develop the land, and then finally you will need to have the means to defend yourself and the white supremacists and their white supremacist adjacent groups, as evidenced by the white Latinos at the sheriff's department, these white supremacist adjacent groups, you must be prepared to defend yourself against these white supremacist elements who are sitting there and saying, if we have an opportunity to kill you, we are going to do so. If we lost the economic battle, we will now do what the sheriff is doing and switch to militarized terrorism. But I wanted you all to hear that. In the first story, I don't think they said how many acres it was, but when you hear this now, 640 acres. That's a massive piece of land. You could build a couple of super, a couple of super domes on that. That's a massive piece of land. Hell, a couple of super domes and their parking lots. You could build, that's a massive piece of land. Yes, I understand it's rural, but let's be very, 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 very clear. Today's rural land is tomorrow's suburb. It might be quote unquote rural land today, but anybody, if you've been in Texas, when I used to live in Dallas, Texas, I go through Dallas at least once a day a month. Plano, Texas was a suburb of Dallas proper 25 years ago. Allen, Texas was the sticks. Go through that bastard today. Plano is overbuilt, got a big ass outlet mall. And Allen, Texas is, is crowded with people because they didn't actually expand it. It, it. Plano blew up and Allen just got sucked in. And we can say the same thing about Addison, Richardson, Irving, Grapevine, Los Colinas, yeah, Frisco. We can go down the damn list. Today's quote unquote Rural area is tomorrow's suburb. Phoenix, Arizona, same thing. Anybody who's been to Chandler, Arizona, same thing. Today's quote-unquote rural area is tomorrow's suburb. Let me tell y'all something else right now. With 640 acres of land, you do realize that a land mass that big, they literally can have the ability to uh, lease part of it to a company like Tesla or whatever. If somebody wants to come on their land, they can lease the damn land to an entity like Tesla and, 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 and they can build something out on that. They got a huge piece of land. They can do something. Tesla could build a factory on their land and never even really disturb where these folks live on the land. So you got to look ahead. So anybody who owns very large parcels of land, you, if they're undesirables, you got to get them up out of there. 
You got to get them up out of there. That's why outside of Memphis, where they want to build that Ford plant, oh, no, we got to jump in here quick, quick. Because all the really large pieces of land and the most desirable areas there, uh, no, 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 we can't leave that to chance. So don't just look at what you see today. What you see today, this is it. The folks in Austin, Texas, that they're building, uh, was it Intel is building a semiconductor plant in Texas? Tesla just finished building another gigafactory in, te in Texas. I think we got two semiconductor plants being built in Texas and some other very large build-out projects in areas that are really right outside of Austin. So they're not really building in Austin proper. So right outside of Austin, in other words, the rural area. In other words, the rural area. So when you see black folk in a highly desirable place like Colorado, and they sitting on 640 acres of land, and they're actually doing something with it, there's a reason they want to get you the hell up out of there. They are worried. They don't want to be dealing with your kids and your grandkids. Because at that point, you're going to have the wealth locked in. We've got to get rid of you now. We can't wait for your children and your grandchildren to come here. Because by that point, you'll have the wealth locked in. You'll have the wealth locked in. You'll have the kids ready to hold it. We won't be able to move them if we allow this. This is why things like Bruce's Beach, it was so essentially, essentially, essential to clear black folk out early. Just as soon as you set up a black town, bomb that bastard. You can't let it get to the second or third generations. You'll never be able to remove them. Unless you do something like the Highway Act. Unless you do something like the Highway Act. You would have to do something massive like the Highway Act and some huge eminent domain to get it away from the kids and the grandkids. This is why we got to have cash reparations. This is why we got to have it because nobody is else in America is telling you about how they used to have a thriving farming community, used to have thriving business communities, and it was because of government action and their black neighbors that these white folk no longer got that. That the black folks said, yeah, we're grabbing that and taking it. They don't have anything like that. Never have, never will. So this is why we must have cash reparations. Treatment of the Mallories. Black ranchers who own 640 acres in rural El Paso County. My office has received numerous emails and calls with people voicing concern with how we have handled the Mallory situation over the last two years and voicing concerns about racism and property rights. Callers being unaware of the facts of our involvement, which is largely why we are here today. Now you all have to understand once again, when you're in the right, you can very easily, very quickly, very simply explain your case. It doesn't have to go through all these twists and turns. It doesn't have to go loop-de-loop -loop through semantics. It doesn't have to take hairpin spins and figure eights through figures of speech. You can just sit down very clearly and explain why you're doing what you're doing in very simple to understand language. And yet when the sheriff starts talking, it never gets to simple to understand language. He should be able to defend himself and explain this very clearly. But when you listen to his flunky, and by the way, listen to these names, but when you listen to his flunkies, all of a sudden, it never makes sense. And property rights, callers being unaware of the facts of our involvement, which is largely why we are here today. During the news conference, Lieutenant Chris Gonzalez walked us through body camera videos. The first showed a process server going past a barrier and onto the Mallory's property to serve the couple with legal papers. 
Mallory can be heard screaming at the server, and as he runs away, you can hear a gunshot. Brandishing the weapon is not necessarily against the law unless you use it in a threatening manner. Now, I want you all to remember this part right here, because this part right here is bizarre but key to more pieces of the puzzle than one. So what you just heard them say was a process server came on the property um, and you hear a gunshot. Now you remember in the previous story, she said they fired at, at a process server. Did you hear that? They fired at a process server. That was what she said the first time. I'm not saying that it was necessarily her saying it, but the sheriff's department may have been saying it. I'm not sure whether she was saying that the sheriff's department, but you notice that was, that's what they said the first time. They fired at a process server. But now that you've seen the video, you realize most likely she was simply firing the air, but she wasn't firing at him. Now you hear what the uh, sheriff's deputy here says and keep this in mind, keep his words in mind. These clowns indict themselves. The weapon is not necessarily against the law. You can hear a gunshot. Brandishing the weapon is not necessarily against the law unless you Brandishing a weapon is not necessarily against the law unless brandishing a weapon is not necessarily against the law unless you use it in a threatening manner. In a threatening manner against the law unless you use it in a threatening manner. Unless you use it in a threatening manner. Uh, I played that over and over because I want you to remember his words. Brandishing a weapon is not necessarily against the law unless you use it in a threatening manner. Now keep that in mind before this news piece is over such as to fire rounds off as the person. And as he runs away, you can hear a gunshot. Brandishing a weapon is not necessarily against the law unless you use it in a threatening manner, uh, such as to fire rounds off as the person's trying to flee the property. So now they're trying to tell you that firing rounds off is a threatening manner. You know what? I won't even argue with him about that, but keep in mind what he just said. Brandishing a weapon such as firing shot firing off shots is not illegal unless you're using a threatening manner such as firing off shots keep that part in mind against the law unless you use it in a threatening manner uh, such as to fire rounds off as the person's trying to flee the property Paul mallory was charged with menacing which was eventually dismissed second video shows a swat team arresting the mallory's for that incident <laughs> That's Nicole, you hear screaming, complaining about shoulder pain. She calls the officers pigs and uses profanity. Nicole was charged with assault on a police officer. She pleaded guilty. But I want to get back to the heart of the Mallory's claims, that the El Paso County Sheriff's Office has not thoroughly investigated their poisoned animals and threatening social media posts. Mr. Mallory also complained that his dog was poisoned. The deputy asked for additional information as well as requested Courtney Mallory take the dog to the veterinarian. Unsatisfied with the conversation, Nicole Mallory contacted a supervisor. The Mallory say they did take the animal to the vet. The sheriff's office provided no record of that case. The office did. So did you hear that? Dog was, the dog was poisoned. Ooh, take the dog to the vet. What was your investigation about it? probably collecting the Mallory's cameras and saying, well, just in case you, just in case your cameras picked up somebody doing something, let's take your cameras from you here. I'm pretty sure that's what occurred. Contacted a supervisor. The Mallory say they did take the animal to the vet. The sheriff's office provided no record of that case. The office did release 130 pages of other records involving the Mallory's. On August 11th, 2021, deputies were called out to the property where a man and his son said they stopped to pet a snake. They called it. Now, did you hear that? A man and his son said that they stopped to pet a snake. Anybody who lives in a rural area, and I'm from Louisiana, doesn't that just sound bizarre to you? It sounds stupid as hell. Well, yes, of course, me and my son, we stopped to pet a snake on these people's private property. Yeah, we stopped to pet a snake. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, this is hilariously crazy to even say these things. But wait, but wait, you ain't heard nothing yet. It gets crazier. Mallards. On August 11th, 2021, deputies were called out to the property where a man and his son said they stopped to pet a snake. They called dispatch to report Nicole yelling at them to leave. She says they trespassed. The father and son say they did not and reported seeing a gun in Nicole's vehicle. For that, Nicole was charged with child endangerment, a case she's still fighting. As for these disturbing Facebook posts, on September 19th and 23rd vehicle. For that, Nicole says they trespassed. The father and son say they did not and reported seeing a Now, read what they had here. I want you to read this. He and his witnessed, uh, okay, this, this grammatical brain trust at the El Paso County Sheriff's Office. <laughs> While talking to blank or blank, stated before he started the recording again. So I put a period there. I think you meant to put a comma there, genius. He and his witnessed, he and his whoever witnessed the female get out of the cab of her pickup and pull what appeared to be an assault rifle from the rear of her vehicle. The female then placed it on the front driver's side of her vehicle inside the vehicle he stated she got back into the vehicle checked the magazine of the weapon and then replaced the magazine in the weapon at which time blank told son blank to move towards the front of their vehicle with the engine between the son and the female did you get that she pulled what appeared to be an assault rifle from the rear of her vehicle the female then placed it on the front driver's side of her vehicle inside the vehicle so in other words you're saying that she took it out of the rear of the truck and put it inside the vehicle now understand what that is for for those of you who had to deal with white supremacists in supposed open carry states you can't accuse them of concealing a weapon because the gun is clearly visible in the rear of their truck so she's driving around. Why would she be driving around with the gun in the rear of her truck? Because if she didn't, the police and the sheriffs would accuse her of driving around with a concealed weapon. So the weapon is not concealed. It's clearly in plain view. She's not driving around with it. So you can't accuse her of brandishing it, nor can you accuse her of hiding it. It's in the rear of their truck in plain view. So if the police stopped them because they've had repeated trouble from the police, no, no cop can accuse them of concealing the weapon. So that tells you this is how much trouble they've had out of the police. I know I've had to fight cases like this. So this is why I know what the laws are in open carry states when they try to put black folk in a trick bag. I've had to fight cases like this. I've had to get district attorneys to back down from these things. I've had to get police departments to back down from these things because you have to understand what you, what you can do and what you cannot do. So as crazy as it seems, having that weapon, she needs to have it where it's clearly visible. She's showing that she's worried about the police because she knows they're out to get them. Okay, so what did she do? She took it out of the rear of the vehicle and then placed it in the front of the vehicle. Now, do you all remember something that uh, Sheriff uh, Deputy B.O. Gus said? Not necessarily against... You hear a gunshot. Brandishing a weapon is not necessarily against the law unless you use it in a threatening manner, uh, such as to fire rounds off as the person's trying to flee the property. Really against the law unless you use it in a threatening manner. Uh, such as to fire rounds off as the person's trying to flee the property. Threatening manner, uh, such as to fire rounds off as the person's trying to flee the property. So first he said, oh, it's not, brandishing a weapon is not illegal unless, unless you use it in a threatening manner. Unless you use it in a threatening manner, such as firing off shots. Okay. But when you go through the list of events, what happened? 
Next thing you know, they're telling you, um, well, we're going to see if we can uh, grab them for something here. Well, hey, she didn't fire a weapon. She took it out of the rear of their pickup truck and put it on the driver's seat because this man, possibly using his child, she probably was afraid that she was using the child as a decoy because they've had issues with those folks. And next thing you know, now all of a sudden, that she's fighting a case against them, not for firing a weapon this time. So let me get this straight. When she fired a weapon before, you arrested her because, well, it's legal to brandish a weapon, but you can't be firing it. Okay, this time she had a weapon, never fired it, and now she's still been arrested. Do you all understand this? She's still been arrested. The first time you said the problem was you firing the gun. The second time now you're saying the problem is reasons. Reasons. I want you all to understand, this isn't me saying it. I'm reading directly from the report that they gave. You heard what the deputies said right there at the news conference about them justifying their arresting them. Now you're saying, oh, you can't defend yourself at all. We are criminalizing you defending yourself at all. We're taking your cameras. We're not investigating nothing. We're criminalizing you attempting to do anything. So that's why I wanted you all to remember what Deputy CEO Ruption said early on. When he said, well, brandishing a firearm is not illegal unless you use it in a threatening manner. Now, every time you see these folks here, we're arresting them. Um, she didn't do what you arrested her for the first time. Don't worry, we'll double back and get this. We'll double back and get it. Yeah, they're being so damn blatant that their own reports, and their own words are conflicting with them before they leave the damn press conference. Did not and reported seeing a gun in Nicole's vehicle. For that, Nicole was charged with child endangerment, a case she's still fighting. As for these disturbing Facebook posts, on September 19th and 23rd, 2022, deputies investigated. The report mentioned comments about community members deliberately driving the roads outside the Mallory's property, but it did not include these comments the Mallory's provided to us regarding Black Lives Matter pitchforks and fire sticks us so you got that the sheriffs in their paperwork it did include some posts from facebook but they didn't include the ones threatening the mallories they very conveniently left those out they very conveniently didn't add that to their records so if you're relying only on the reports from the sheriff's department, you're getting some fictionalized white supremacist manifesto. That's what you're getting. But you're not getting police work. Senators Michael Bennett and John Hickenlooper's teams confirmed with me their offices are monitoring the Mallory's claims and working with the NAACP. So much for your former governor of Colorado, now Senator. So uh, we're watching the situation. Yeah. You go mess with, let be a black sheriff messing with some white folk like that, and the governor's office would have already have had them under charges and removed. One bombshell moment during the news conference was the mention of the Mallory's murdered ranch hand. Take a listen. On May 14th, 2021, Courtney Mallory called EPSO dispatch because he was concerned for his safety after the murder of his ranch hand. He requested EPSO patrol check the area to ensure his safety. There was an active investigation into the murder of Don, Don Asanio Amaya, and there is a person of interest in this case. From there, the office defended one of its own after baseless social media posts. If you so anybody asking, by the way, what about what you heard about that murdered ranch hand, the person being murdered on their property? By the way, if you were wondering, oh, was that just fiction? Oh, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. And don't worry, Deputy B.O. Gus is hard at work on the case. The murder of Don, Don Asanio Amaya, and there is a per there was an active investigation into the murder of Don, Don Asanio Amaya, and there is a person of interest 
in this case. From there, the office defended one of its own after baseless. So you see, the family has been reporting every damn thing. They said everything. They said, hey, we're concerned about our safety. Somebody got murdered, not on the neighbor's property, people. Do you understand that? This is the part right here that shows who we're dealing with. If the Mallory's are the problem, why come somebody wasn't murdered on the neighbor's property? They said there's a person of interest. Oh, really? Don Asanio, Amaya, and there is a person of interest in this case. From there, the author. Okay, if the person of interest was the Mallory's, why haven't they arrested the Mallory's? Are they trying to say it's the Mallory's? If the person of interest is the Mallory's, then why haven't they arrested the Mallory's? Because they've shown a propensity to arrest the Mallory's for anything from jaywalking to having their shoes untied. They've confiscated their cameras. They've taken every step they possibly can to prosecute the Mallory's, even when the neighbors are attacking the Mallory's. And yet, all of a sudden, somebody is murdered on their property. And, well, you know, them's the breaks. And everything's fine out here. You know, there's a person of interest. We'll get around to it. So you're hearing just really crazy, wild, bizarre, unrealistic things happening here. You and I would never pursue an investigation in a manner like this. And yet the Keystone cops of El Paso County are doing that. Either they are the worst, most incompetent police in the history of cognitive thinking or they are white supremacist collaborators going on a campaign to harass these people because we didn't know that we sold the 640 acres to you. We didn't know that you were the ones that we sold that to. Let me be very, very clear about something else right here. When they talk about the uh, talk about their property. Go back to the first one here. When they talked about their property and on their land, let me be very, very clear about what you see there. When these folks are out there on their property and they're just trying to enjoy their civil rights and, and, and their civil liberties in America, to anybody who's got a problem with things like, for example, what they had on their house, if somebody wants to make an issue about that, well, they got Black Lives Matter on the side of, of one of their barns or whatever. By the way, you also see up there, you got Marines. Jesus is King, Marines, Black Lives Matter. Let's be clear about this, folks. I have driven all across this country. I have seen more Confederate flags, the American swastika. I've seen more Confederate flags across this country on farmland than I can account. There isn't anything here that justifies harassing these people. And if it does them, why the hell didn't we grab all these other folks a long damn time ago? What the hell's the issue here? These folks are not radicals. This is rural culture. But the sheriffs and friends realized, oh, we ain't got some bootlicking niggas out here. And they own 640 acres. Their children will be trouble. Their children will be trouble. We can't allow that to get started. We got to deal with them by supreme terrorism rules now. We have to terrorize them out of here now. Because they obviously understand the value of land. They got a plan. They got the resources. Um, yeah, we got to terrorize them now. defended one of its own after baseless social media posts accused the sergeant of the murder. Okay, well, if you haven't, if, if a police department here, the sheriff's department is not able to figure out what's going on, it shouldn't be very hard. All those cameras all over the place from their neighbors that they left up, it shouldn't be very difficult to figure that out. It shouldn't be very difficult. And the fact that the sheriff's department is being so quiet about it, that should make your ears go up also. 
the fact that they're being so quiet about it, so coy. Everybody else, the Mallorys have never shrunken down from saying, hey, somebody got killed on our property. And yet the sheriff's department seems to be very nonchalant about it. Oh, we need some land. Jason, we need some land. We got reparations, get some land. Man, you better think it over. You better think it over. Because the folks with the land and out in the areas where there's the large tracts of land, the white supremacists are sitting there already. We better have the cash on hand because we're going to need more than just land. We're going to need the means to develop it and protect it. We will need the means to develop it and secure it afterward. And this isn't just Colorado. This is every damn where. This is everywhere. Doesn't matter whether you're in Oregon, Colorado, New Mexico, Texas, Mississippi, Missouri. Oh, yeah. One thing about Missouri. By the way, Missouri, an honorary Confederate state. For those of you who don't know your history, Missouri is basically an honorary Confederate state. They just missed out on the secession bandwagon by a bit, but Missouri is an honorary Confederate state. Might be time to go ahead and remind you of something else. This is a story out of Missouri here in the last couple of days, and wait till you see this one. Black Democratic lawmakers in Jefferson City are accusing House leadership of racism following debate on a bill last week. Our Missouri Chief Capitol Bureau reporter Emily Manley joins us live with the legislation that really was the tipping point for some members. Emily? Okay, so they are accusing the Missouri House leader, the House leader in Missouri, of racism. Now, watch this for yourselves. Remember the House leader. Remember who we're, who we're talking about. And take a look at how long the story takes to get there. Maybe it happened when representatives were discussing a large crime bill. It would allow the governor to appoint a special prosecutor after a municipality hits a certain number of homicide cases. That's when debate was stopped, leaving many black Democrats standing without getting a chance to speak. No justice. A call to action. It's time for our cute communities to be respected. It's time for our bills to become laws. Representative Marlene Terry is the chair of the Legislative Black Caucus. She called black leaders and community activists to the Capitol after what she says was a racist move by House leadership. Last week, the Republicans tried to silence the voices of St. Louis voters who re-elected the first black circuit attorney. The bill. Now, do you all see how long this news piece has gone on? And their beef is with the House leader in Missouri. Watch this. Tried to silence the voices of St. Louis voters who re-elected the first black circuit attorney. The bill causing tension. They want a special prosecutor. Now, initially, they just wanted a special prosecutor in St. Louis. But they knew that was just way too blatant. An original part of the legislation would have criminalized minors from carrying firearms in public without adult supervision. But it was stripped out. Lawmakers had three hours to debate the bill Wednesday before the vote was taken Thursday. And when I sense that things are going downhill, I'm going, well, hmm, what do I spy? Well, this is Representative John Patterson, wonderful Irish name uh, of Lee's Summit the House Majority Leader in the state of Missouri and a more guilty person you could never find. Makers had three hours to debate the bill Wednesday before the vote was taken Thursday. And when I sense that things are going downhill and the, the, the discussions are not productive, I think it's time to move on and that's why I chose to end the debate. House Majority Leader John... You see him looking at the camera guilty as hell. Do you see the way he's looking at the camera? 
this little bastard is guilty as hell looking at this camera. I mean, this is the face of sheer guilt. He's guilty and he knows it. Guilty as hell and he knows it. He can't even pretend he's not guilty right now. He's not even gonna do a good job pretending he ain't guilty. He's scared of cameras seeing him. I thought you were the house speaker. I thought you were the house leader. What are you so worried about? You look guilty as a son of a gun. So if you want to know, first of all, I got one question. First question is, where is Andrew Yang? Where's the Yang gang? Has anybody been able to find the Yang gang? I'm, I'm just trying to figure out where the Yang gang is. We need to have we need to uh we need to have a a, a powwow, Mr. Yang. We need to have a powwow, Mr. Yang. So this is in Missouri. This is in Missouri. This is in Missouri. And I have been saying this now for over a decade when we talk about the, uh, the chilling effect of the buffer classes. This is what we mean. These are areas where the Asian population is in low single digits and yet they don't identify as a minority. They don't have a problem with white supremacy there. Hey, I'm here to uphold this thing. This is working pretty good. I'm here to uphold white supremacy. What you mean, fight it? We're here to uphold it. We're here to uphold it. So from Colorado to Missouri, with bills and laws to target the ordinary black citizens. This is what they said, what the Reverend said. They want a special prosecutor. Now, initially, they just wanted a special prosecutor in St. Louis. But they knew that was just way too blatant. So did you get that? Now, originally, they wanted a special prosecutor in St. Louis. We want a special prosecutor for St. Louis. There's no place in America that needs a special prosecutor or a special damn anything. There are already, as I've told you all now for years and years, there are already three laws on the book for literally every offense you could possibly name. Anything you could possibly do, there is already two or three laws on the books that make it at least a class A misdemeanor or a felony. You don't need any new laws. You don't need any special prosecutors. The only reason you want special prosecutors is if you want to conceal something. What is this prosecutor going to have the powers to do that any other prosecutor doesn't? You want to do something that they shouldn't be doing. You want to go after something specific. And that's the issue I want you to keep in mind. You want to go after something specific, that's the way you do that. So we're looking at targeting the ordinary black citizen now. This is a targeting of the ordinary black citizen. We're going to take a very brief commercial, non-commercial break. When we come back, I'm going to see if we can get an Afro elite on the line here. There is a case that he's been working on also that you all are aware of. I want to get him on the line so we can get an update on that. We definitely need that. Before we do, I want to thank everyone who has contributed to support tonight's program on PayPal, Cash App, Super Chats, the Black Voltron is back on the scene. 
Thank you very much for your support, brother. We appreciate that. Tommy Felix, only if there was a B1 militia that would go and protect the family other than March. Got to be on code about it. Thank you very much for your support here tonight and everyone else who has contributed to support tonight's program. We're going to take a very brief commercial, non-commercial break. When we come back, we'll be discussing this and more. This is the Black Channel. Greetings, brothers and sisters. My name is Joe Jackson. I'm a foundational Black American. And I have been building my team the core, helping the family globally. The industry's been changing, and I've learned a lot. But how did we get here? How do we navigate issues we face in the workplace? How can we get our house in order? The concept and intricacies of being black in IT, now on Amazon, as well as the best-selling guide to being black in IT. Go to beingblackinit.com. Order yours today to experience all the benefits of Ash Kick and Natural Body Butter. With skin so smooth and soft, thank us for it. Shop Ash Kick and All Water. That's A S H K I C K I N dot com. specializes in direct placement. If your company is looking to hire top talent or you are looking to start a new career, our network of professional recruiters can help. We provide recruiting, LinkedIn lead generation, access to our professional network, paid job postings, interviewing, and more. Check out our specialized services, information technology recruiting, STEM career consulting, sales recruiting, hiring process consulting for your business, Resume writing, LinkedIn profile consultation. Follow us on Instagram and LinkedIn and get hired with us. Okay. Why are you Hi, this is Brenda Starr, creator of Poetry with a Purpose and author of the book Press But Not Crush. Press But Not Crush is an anthology of political poems that address current and historical issues in American descendants of slave population and African-American population. The book describes slavery and its residuals, Jim Crow segregation, social depredation, and other relevant issues to American descendants of slaves and African-Americans, including the current political climate that does not address our issues. This is the Black Channel. I am your host, your brother, your humble servant, the Black Authority. Very glad to be with you all here this evening as we are discussing the targeting of ordinary Black citizens here. And I'm going to see if I can get on the line here on Zoom. Going to see if we can get uh, our brother Afro Elite on the line here on Zoom. I think we got you up now. Go ahead and unmute yourself if you are muted, uh, Afro. Welcome to the Black Channel, brother. Now, I don't want anybody to think that, you know, there's a lot that's going on and I don't want anybody to think there's, you know, too much I'm missing in this regard. Um, so much has been said about it before here, but I wanted to bring us back around to the ozone case. The folk may have forgotten about that. I want you, I, you all have done, uh, recently you've done a round table here about that case in particular. So I wanted to bring you on here to go ahead and discuss that. Go ahead and remind everybody about what occurred, what happened there and where, where, where it currently stands now. Okay, um, first off, I wanna thank you for bringing me on. Uh, the situation, to, to recap what the situation was, Ozone is like a community activist and he parked outside of his apartment complex and a white officer pulled up to him and walked up to him as he was leaving his vehicle. He walked up to him and he tried to physically forced him back inside of his vehicle. He didn't really give any commands, didn't tell him he was under arrest, there was no warrant. He physically put his hands on him and then there was a scuffle. Within the scuffle, there was a gunshot that went off and 
the officer was shot and he passed away. After that, there was a warrant put on Otha Wallace and Otha Wallace was arrested and now he's being charged with first degree murder of this officer in Florida, which leads to capital punishment. So what we in the community are trying to do is we're trying to raise funds for his uh, his uh, legal defense fund. We're trying to raise funds to pay off his attorneys because he needs like the top of the line attorneys because he's facing capital punishment. Now, um, right now, where is he at currently? Uh, he's currently um, held in prison. He's currently in uh, jail right now in Florida. Okay, is he being? That's why I want to get the details on. Is he, what is? Is he being held on bail or is he being held without bail? He's being held without bail. So they're not even giving him an opportunity to be released. No, no. So let me, uh, so he, let me get this straight, George Zimmerman. George Zimmerman didn't have that issue. Yeah, that's true. That's true. We've only recently been able to contact, we've only recently been able to contact him and he's let us know that he's in good spirits. He's let us know that he's been, you know, talking to his family and to his children. But besides that, well, we don't know too much about, we don't know too much about uh, the situation. We have not been able to, or at least I have not been able to really contact him. We've only heard messages that he's been able to record. And that's it. But he's not being placed on bail because this is the quote-unquote murder of an officer. And they're saying it's a first-degree charge. So what they're saying is he uh, intended, first degree is intent. You you planned and you intended to murder this officer. That's what, he, what he's being charged with. And it's in the state of Florida. So he's not being held on. He's like, it's like a flight risk or something like that. Like a I think the term is escape risk. So he's not being able to leave prison at all. He's not being held on any type of bond. Right. First degree means premeditated. So yeah. they're saying what? It can be premeditated within two seconds. Is, is that the new standard of premeditation? New nigga laws, basically. Yeah. He's, he's being held. You can have Sorry. premeditation now within five seconds, basically. Yeah. And, and not only that, the officer in the video, the officer walked up to him and the officer was asking very mysterious questions like, do you live here? And asking him kind of personal questions, didn't flash any lights, didn't even really announce himself as an officer. So the officer, he was parked in his car, the officer pulled up to him. It almost seemed as if the officer was kind of trailing him or following him. The officer walked up to him. So even if a scuffle occurred and even if, uh, and I don't want to say anything that's going to jeopardize his case, but even if a scuffle occurred and he did defend himself, it would not be first degree. So the first degree is pretty much them trying to punish him. This is them trying to kind of make an example out of the fact that a black man in America cannot defend himself. You say that you all have had difficulty contacting him. Yes. Okay, so... Is he not being allowed to make phone calls or what exactly is occurring? Well, um, he's being allowed from what I know, because this, this situation has been going on for years. So from what I know, he's only been allowed to contact his baby mother and his children from the very beginning. Now he's being allowed to contact the baby mother, his children, and his parents. But as far as other people, because a lot of people have been trying to reach out to interview him to find out what he has like going on and what he has to say about it and he's trying to be very strategic with you know with his attorneys like trying to not say too much not to give too much away but from what i know a lot of people have been trying to interview him and ask him questions and they're not allowing him to have any sort of contact outside of his very immediate family okay now you and, say and that's up to recently yeah, when you, now, when you say they, though, are you referring to the state or are you referring to his legal representation? Uh, I believe it's the state. And his, uh, um, I would say it's the state, but the legal representation has advised him and the family not to give too much details about um, wh where their defense is now. They're right. just asking for donations for the actual defense. Right. And, and definitely, I mean, that's what competent counsel would do is say, don't say anything. Because literally anything you say, they will use against you. So 
So you might, you might be asking, well, why wouldn't they want to be given out? This is not really the time for them to be doing a whole bunch of interviews like that because literally anything he says could be used against him. And they don't want him to say anything that could be twisted, misconstrued, turned into something because very clearly they already are out to get him already. So anything he would say, um, I would love to talk to him myself, but I can understand why they wouldn't want him to because uh, you might inadvertently ask something that next thing you know, here comes the prosecutor. Oh, good. We're so glad you said that. Now let me see how I can twist this. So that's exactly what you're dealing with. So it is the correct thing to be, it is the correct thing to say. It is the correct thing to say this time. And I'm glad to hear that he's in good spirits about that. Um, you've been in touch with his legal representation? Uh, I've been in touch with someone who is in touch with, the, directly in touch with the legal representation. I myself have not spoken to the legal representation. I'm just out um, kind of raising funds for the legal representation. Um, but myself, uh, I have not spoken to the legal representation as of yet. Well, definitely we want to stay on top of that kind of thing here because this is the kind of stuff we want to be watching out for, being able to target ordinary citizens. You see, what they told you before is it was Mike Brown or it was Eric Garner, and they tried to spin things. Oh, they were in the middle of a crime. You need to just comply. And in reality, now we're showing you case after case, whether they're deputizing citizens or sending folk at you directly, where it's just, oh, no, 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 we're just running up on anybody. If we think we can catch you by yourself somewhere in the middle of the night, because that's what was happening with him, in the middle of the night, if we can just run up on you real quick and come up with a reason, and then next thing you know, out of the camera range, you just hear some gunshots, and then it's just another Negro dead in the state of Florida where Governor DeSantis has made it very, very clear he's launching a war against black people. He's made it very clear he's very hostile to black folk, and he wants to make it absolutely clear this is a white enclave, and he's going to do his part to lock it down and, and make sure it sends a chilling effect everywhere. So you've seen this go on and on now since Trayvon Martin. We've seen this go on and on. Well, they're making it very clear at this point now. We, we're, we're, trying to Dixie, we're trying to finish the Dixifying of Florida. And that this would be just a white supremacist enclave. And yeah, if we kill enough of y'all with impunity, then you'll get the message that this, this, this is ours and this is how we're going to be. So definitely um, what I want to do now, because um, I know, uh, I think I'm pretty sure Detail has got that, but I definitely want to get uh, the information here to be able to support him and to be able to contribute for his defense. Obviously, they're trying to make an example of him. And I want to give everybody an opportunity here to be able to contribute to that. So definitely, um, I think I'm pretty sure D has that. I'm going to have her post that in the chat room so everyone can see that. And I want you to keep us posted on top of exactly what's going on with this case here. Because I want everybody to know, it's not. I have forgotten about it. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. Absolutely. But I'm staying on top of it. We got a lot of things to keep track of, but this is one of the things in particular that I am watching. So I have seen what's going on. I have seen what's happening. Um, so definitely I want to keep on top of that. Um, what I want you to do, Afro, just go ahead and email me that information real quick, if you will, just so I can make sure okay. about that. Okay. I want you to email no, no. that information, and I'm going to post that in the chat room as well, just to make sure I got that. I'll let you have the last word. Uh, thank you very much, uh, TVA, uh, TVA, for everything that you guys are doing. Uh, as far as the audience is concerned, this is uh, a precedent that they're setting. They know for a fact that this man is 100% innocent, but this is to set an example. Just the same way they set an example with the Central Park Five, they don't honestly believe that these people are guilty. They, they want to sentence this person to life for an example, to set an example that you as a black person, a black citizen, man, woman, cannot defend yourself, especially against a race soldier in America. So it is very important that we uh, we defend him and that us as a community, we come together and be on call together uh, in defense of our brother Ozone. Well, and and TV, thank you again for having me. Well, I want to thank you for taking out the time for joining us here tonight. And like I say, I want to let people know I, I monitor these things. I monitor a number of different cases. And just because you haven't heard me say anything for a while doesn't mean that I'm not still looking at these things. So I'm monitoring it. I'm staying on top of them. I want everyone to do something about this. I'm about to put something on it here myself very shortly here. But I, I want to thank you for taking out the time. And please keep us posted on this.
Okay, I'm going to email you as soon as I get off. All right, thank you very much, brother. We appreciate it. Thank you for giving us a thank you for giving us the update on that. Targeting ordinary citizens, people. This is what I'm talking about. Is targeting ordinary people here to make it clear to you that hey, we can we can attack you with impunity. We can attack you with impunity, and when they take down one, then they set the precedent for everybody that oh yeah, we anytime, any place, anywhere, you don't have a right to life. Understand what they're really saying. They're not saying that you don't have a right to self-defense. They're saying you don't have a right to live. You don't have a right to life. Not you. You only have a right to life if we say you do. But you do not have any innate right to live. Now you've got a whole governor who's sitting on top of it. So uh, D. Tubman has posted the link in the chat room there for everyone here to contribute to the legal defense for it. So I want you all to go ahead and do what you can here, especially here. You got folks out here gunning down black folk, and next thing you know, they got millions of dollars. They got millions of dollars for that. We need to do our part about that, and with your help, we will. In the meantime, I'm going to go ahead and open up the telephone lines. The number is 646-787-1933. That's 646-787-1933, your personal access code to the black media. You're definitely obliged and invited to go ahead and give us a call. That's 646-787-1933. That's 646-787-1933. Go ahead and give us a call at that. In the meantime, I want to thank everyone who has contributed to support tonight's program on PayPal, Cash App, Super Chat. So B1 Media is a lifesaver. Thank you very much for your support. Mark B. Snaps, Andrew L., Najee, and McKnight. Mr. McKnight, thank you very much for your support also. We're talking about the targeting of ordinary black citizens now. I warned people a decade ago when Zurin was out on the loose that they are trying to set a precedent now for how things will be for the next thousand years, particularly the next 500. That while so many folks out here have been engaging in the delusional wishful thinking of saying, well, you know, it is, the white population is going down. Okay, but that doesn't mean the white supremacist population is losing power and authority. The game plan now is how do we continue to have autocratic control, including terroristic militaristic powers, as a numerical minority. And that's what you're seeing happen now. That's what you're seeing happen now. How do we rig this so that even in the places that we are not the numerical majority, we still have the ability to do everything. We keep all of our powers intact, including the ability to kill with impunity. How do we do that? And that's what they're doing now. They're putting that in place now. They're trying to rewrite history. Florida is one of those hotbeds of rewriting history. The Florida textbooks are currently in the process of whitewashing history. They're removing the word slavery calling them servants, workers, indentured servants. They're rewriting the entire transatlantic slave trade. To anybody who's seen those textbooks out of Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis, they made sure they are erasing slavery from history. So they're just telling you that black folk were immigrants with everybody else, which of course, when you take a look where black folk are, when you remove the white supremacy from the equation, the next thing you know, oh, well, black folk just yanked, worked hard enough. All the rest of us just worked harder than you. Well, that would be simple calculus to make if you erase slavery, Jim Crow, white supremacy, segregation. It's simple slavery to make. It's simple slavery. It's, it's simple calculus to make. Shout out to Black Voltron and James Mitchell in the super chat. 
Thank you very much for your support. We appreciate that. And as always, I want you all to be clear about this. Just because you don't hear me say something for a minute is usually because I'm sitting back watching. It's usually because I'm sitting back watching. I don't tell you everything I know. I don't tell you everything I see. We need to be more action-oriented. Yesterday, I did a video on Susan Borsisky leaving after 10 years as CEO of YouTube. And, you know, many people are buzzing about it all over the internet, and they feel that she's leaving because of Gonzalez versus Google which is going to be heard before the Supreme Court on February 17, 2023. So this case is now a very hot topic online. And by the way, YouTube and Google have been getting slammed with lawsuits. And this one got to be one of the biggest that they're about to face before the Supreme Court. If you don't know what Section 230 is, it is the Communication Decency Act, which gives immunity to many of these platforms like Facebook, YouTube, Google, um, Twitter, just examples right there. And so they can't be targeted for lawsuits. So they really have immunity from the law, which was given to them by Congress. Personally, I don't believe anybody with a business out here should be shielded from any laws. And so this is why YouTube and many of these platforms have been getting around a lot of lawsuits. They report and say they are shielded by Section 230, and that's it. Well, if things don't go their way, and I'm starting to believe they feel that way, just from Susan just resigning so abruptly, they may feel like they got something to lose in this whole thing, ladies and gentlemen. And that's what it looked like it's shaping up to be. Um, because, I mean, come on, who resigns like that? And, and just the timing of this whole thing just leads many people to believe that that really is the primary reason why she left. And I am agreeing with that. I feel that way too. So let's get into it, y'all. So this is going to be February 21st, the Supreme Court. We'll hear oral arguments in Gonzalez versus Google in a case with uh, power to reshaping the internet. Gonzalez concerns the scope of Section 230 of the Communication Decency Act, a statute that protects websites from most liability from third-party content that appears on their services. The court has never before considered Section 230 until now that the statute has become increasingly prominent and controversial in recent years. Now, if you remember when Trump was the sitting president, he wanted to do away with this. He wanted it gone. And Biden, he claims he wants it gone, but we didn't see Congress or the Senate moving on this whole thing. So the justices are poised to weigh whether the liability shield covers the algorithm recommendation of user content. The next day, the justices will also consider the related case of Twitter versus Tangon concerning liabilities of websites under the Anti-Terrorism Act for terrorist violence linked to their platforms. So on February 15th, the governance study held an expert panel discussion on Gonzalez versus Google. To what extent to, you know, what platforms should do. And, you know, they discussed the hearing and the responsibility 
for the content that appears on these platforms? Is it possible to carve out an exception in Section 230 protections from algorithmic recommendations without upending the modern internet? How do Gonzalez, well, we don't know. We don't know how the courts are going to rule. But just judging how Susan is running, it makes me believe they believe perhaps there is a chance they're going to lose this case. Because, I mean, I have never seen a CEO run so quickly before a court case. So it's almost like she definitely don't want this penned on her depending on what happens and what the outcome is. If it's not a good outcome, they, she don't want this attached to her. So over the last years, they've been hit with some pretty heavy lawsuits. Many of the tech companies have. So tech companies involved in the litigation have cited the 27-year-old statute as part of an argument for why they shouldn't have to face lawsuits alleging they have knowingly substantial assistance to terrorist acts by hosting and algorithmically recommending terrorist content. So this is what uh, Gonzalez is alleging. So a set of rulings against the tech industry could significantly narrow Section 230 and its legal protections for websites and social media companies. Yeah, you know what it's going to do? It's going to open up the floodgates for litigation of all of these social media platforms. If it happens, the court's decision could expose online platforms to an array of new lawsuits over how they present content to users. Such a result would uh, represent the most subsequential limitations ever placed on a legal shield and that predates today's biggest social media platforms and has allowed them to nip many content-related lawsuits in the bud. Yeah. Yeah. So man is going to be a game changer. It's going to, you know, for lawsuits that are still in the works and the ones to come if this decision is not in their favor. You know, I'm just telling y'all, it, it is going to be, they're going to get slammed. And they know it. They know it. But Susan leaving shows that there is a huge possibility that things will change on the internet big time. You know, and think about this, y'all. They would even have to be responsible for all the trolling out here. They could get sued behind trolling where people have complained about trolling and they never did anything about it, they would be subjected to those lawsuits as well. I bet you you're gonna see a lot of big changes online if they lose this. So remember y'all, this is February 21st at 10 a.m. Eastern time. That's when the hearing Please leave your comment and subscribe. Don't forget to hit on the notification bell. And I'll see you on the next video. Peace, family.